Ko te amarangi ki mua ki te hapai o ki muri. The leaders at the front and the workers from behind. Ina mana e nā reo, e nā kārangatanga maha o nā hauewha, no mai piki mai, no mai haere mai ki tēnei hōtaka nei a te ahikā. Ko Maraia Rakurakua hau. Ko Justin Maria hau, welcome back to Te Ahikā, where every week you can get your fix of kaupapa Māori, Māori stories. While all the attention is on Rugby World Cup 2011, there's another cup that deserves just as much recognition. Coming up, we'll be with some of the characters associated with the Ahufenua Farming Trophy, recognising Māori achievement in sheep and beef farming. It's probably the closest we get to celebrity here in New Zealand. Recently, I had the rather uncomfortable and unnatural experience of witnessing the intrusion of television cameras and people upon an individual and his whānau. The person, writer-director Taika Waititi. The event, the Victoria University Distinguished Alumni Dinner. You know, in all honesty, you're probably going to be the youngest one ever. Mm, not ever. Ever's a long... Ever's a... It was a very powerful word, but maybe, oh, no, not even so far. I'm 35. I'm, I'm sure there's been younger ones. No? Am I the youngest ever? Four years in. Oh, it's only been four years? Ugh. Oh, man, it's like 15 years after I left uni. There's bound to be people who get these awards younger than 35. Oh, well, it's, good, it's, a, good, um, it's a good title to have. Um, uh, you know, it's a good crown to have until... Like proper young people get it. Yeah, you did a good mahi to your mum when you said, you know, here's another thing for you to hang up at home, mum. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> she's got all my awards. And then encouraging you to not go all, to university not, not in all the first of them, place. Yeah, not all of my awards are on her walls either. A lot of them are on shelves and under the stairs. And, you know, because I've got so many awards, guys. I've just got like, thousands and thousands of awards. Taika Waititi and his mum Robin Cohen join us soon and tonight's broadcast ends with a visit to Onetahua Marae, Mohua, that's Golden Bay, in the Upper South Island. Mohua is the, uh, the original name for Golden Bay and Mohua refers to the little yellow-headed bird oh. that was here in the, in, in the bay, so that's how it got the name Mohua. Nā reire e teiwi koe anei te kaupapa mō tēnei wā, tai noa ki te mutunga o te hōtaka nei. That's what we've got lined up in tonight's broadcast of Te Ahika. Ko te mea tuatahi. While the momentum is starting to build up around the Webb Ellis Trophy, the prize for Rugby World Cup 2011, there's another cup whose history celebrating excellence in Māori farming is about to take centre stage and requires just as much security. Cedric Nepia, you're part of the Ahu Whenua Whānau. You've got a very special job. Yeah, I take care of the, uh, the trophy which is housed in the, in the, in the museum in Wanganui. So when the, the trophy is required for the competition purposes, um, there's a procedure that I have to go through to, to um, obtain the trophy. Two ministers have to sign off on it. Who are the ministers? The Sharples, Dr Sharples and uh, the Minister of Agriculture. Is that every time? Every time. Every time. So why is it housed in Whanganui? Um, well, 
the sheep and beef was housed in Auckland. So every time the competition came around, I had to organise to have the uh, trophy brought down to Wanganui. Then from there, I, I travel around with the uh, with the field days. Is that because you live in Whanganui? Uh, well, the the dairy uh, open the dairy trophy is held in the museum in Wanganui. So um, the procedures uh, used to go through before was contact. Uh, Auckland, to have the trophy, the sheep and beef trophy sent down to Wangani. So um, now I've got them both co-located in Wangani, it makes it that much easier to obtain when the, when the competitions come around. So how did you get that job? Uh, through our, um, through our, our, our chief executive, um, uh, Leith Koma. Yeah, they, they, he assigned me to the job. That's Tipuni Kōkini? Uh, Tipuni Kōkini, yes. And because of our, our, our minister's responsibility, so it, was, it was easier for me to yeah, to, uh, to manage it from there. What a big task. Oh, it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's enjoyable. So you get to go to marae and farms all around the Muslim. Yeah. Yeah, so we're what, talking going to places that people have never even heard of, probably. That's right, yes. That's very interesting, yeah. So, I mean, that trophy isn't little. No. <laughs> Hence the reason why I, I drive, I drive everywhere. I drive to all the, uh, the uh, field days, yeah, just to make sure that it arrives in one piece. Cedric Napier. So when it's awarded to the winning farm, do they not hold it? No, it, um, it goes back to the museum. They get so they, they get, get miniatures. <laughs> they get to have it for the night. Yes. And um, if they want to, you know, if they want to take it back to their hotels, they're not all they're the company the the cup. Just to make sure that it doesn't uh, doesn't go missing, because it has in the past gone missing. Geez, that's some high level security. Do you got a responsibility? So you always drive with it, or yes. do you fly with it too? No, I drive. Well, I prefer the drive. Yeah. So I've got uh, I've got other responsibilities besides looking after the uh, the trophy. I've got all those you know the flyers you saw you know, um, displayed at, at the front this morning here. Yeah. I cart those around and get them to the uh, field days. Kia ora, Cedric Napier with Maraia, recorded at Haranui Marae, Kaipara. In Rotorua on the 3rd of June, the best Māori farm in beef and sheep will be selected from the three finalists that include Waipapa Nine Trust, they currently hold the Dairying Trophy, West Taupo, Pakihirua Farms on the East Coast, west of Ruatoria, and Ōtakanini Tōpū Incorporation on the Kaipara Harbour near Helensville. At our website, radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika, there's photos. You can also sign up to our Facebook page. Get weekly updates on teahika. I'm Maraya Rakraku. And I'm Justin Murray, and this is teahika. While we are surrounded by magazines and newspaper headlines screaming out the latest happenings with celebrities, it is quite another thing to be confronted with it here in New Zealand. I got a taste of it recently, sharing a dinner table with filmmaker Taika Waititi and his whanau when he received a Distinguished Alumni Award from Victoria University. It's not exactly normal, eh, Mariah, to have camera bulbs flashing in your face, especially while you're trying to have a kai. That's right, and especially when it's something we're not really exposed to here in this country. But I guess it's no surprise, really, given that Waititi's career has really taken off, what with Oscar 
Oscar film nominations, TED Talks in Doha, acting roles in The Green Lantern and the success of his latest feature film, Boy. We'll hear from Waititi's mum, Robin Cohen, in a bit as she gives us her take on having a son who is recognised everywhere and the downsides of that type of attention. But before that, Mariah wanted to know about the production, what we do in the shadows, interviews with some vampires and the whole deal with Prince... Yeah, Channeling Prince, yeah, that's one of the um, inspirations was Prince and the Revolution because we um, we wanted to, well, we, do, we were trying to dress like vampires and then we realised once we got our, our costumes together that um, pretty much most vampires either look like they're from Venice Beach Boulevard or, um, or, they're, or they're a member of Prince's band. So, yeah, so that's, that's where the inspiration came from, really. Um, and um, but no one else really thought we looked like Prince when we walked down the street, shooting that thing because everyone, I think most most of the people in Wellington in Courtney Place, just thought we were uh, homosexuals. Yeah, they started abusing you. Yeah. Yeah, and that was for real, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And then when you were, then you flew home. That was pretty cool. I flew. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Flew home, <laughs> flew home as well. Yeah, Crash into right. the car. Backed, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. funny. What was your father's names again? It was Volva. Volvis, Viago, and Deacon. Cleaning roster. I'm just no. All I'm saying is that you guys really need to just to make an effort, you know, to pull your own weight and like. I mean, I made the effort to make a roster with like, you know, uh, colors. I used felt pens and I uh, made a cleaning roster, and it's just. I mean, it would be nice to come home one day and just, just maybe see that the dishes are being done. Perhaps. So tonight you've been honoured as a distinguished alumni of Victoria University. You know, in all honesty, you're probably going to be the youngest one ever. Mm, not ever. Ever's a long... Ever's a, ever's a very powerful word, but maybe... Oh, no, not even so far. I'm 35. I'm, I'm sure there's been younger ones. No? Am I the youngest ever? To date. Wow. Four years in. Oh, it's only been four years? Ugh. <laughs> How distinguished is that, man? <laughs> oh, man, it's like 15 years after I left uni. There's bound to be people who get these awards younger than 35. Oh, well, it's, good. it's, a, good, um, it's a good title to have. Um, uh, you know, it's a good crown to have until like, proper young people get it. Yeah, you did a good mahi to your mum when you said, you know, here's another thing for you to hang up at home, mum. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> she's got all my awards. And then encouraging you to not go all, to university not, not in the all first them, place. Yeah, not all of my awards are on her walls either. A lot of them uh, and on shelves and under the stairs. And, you know, because I've got so many awards, guys. I've just got, like, thousands and thousands of awards. In film, I've managed to work with... Like usually the same people all the time. Um, you know, sometimes they're not available, so you have to um, start working with other people. And, and even when that's happened, I've I've managed to meet you know other people in, in different positions with throughout the crew who I'd definitely work with again. And and that's what it's about. Really, I think is coming from the theatre. You're used to like a, a kind of a cooperative uh, mentality where you, you know you work with the same people all the time and you you develop a kind of language or a sort of a vocab with each other where you know really like what you want to make you know, and you know like everyone's job everyone's jobs are clear and so that's what you try and do with film well I try and do 
is work with the same people again and again if I can. And uh, I work with the same. Is that because you're like minded? You know uh, how each, everybody rolls? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously you, sometimes you work with people that don't have the same sensibility as you, and um, sometimes that's a good thing as well. You know, you want to be challenged. But, um, you know, for instance, I've, I've mainly worked with the same um, producer and the same DOP, and, you know, even like, the same actors a lot of the time. So it's just it's about who you feel comfortable with, and, you know, it's not. Like, I think you would. You know, sometimes they're not right for a certain project, but most of the time they are. Do you miss theatre? Uh, I do miss theatre, but I don't. I don't miss doing a play for, you know, oh, for probably. four weeks. No, no, I don't mind the money either with theatre. That's fine. It's more that I just don't. I kind of grew tired of doing the same performance, or like, you know, just doing the same show every night for for a month or two months, and you know, where it's like. Stand-up's okay because it's uh, one-off performances that can change every time. You know, people still talk about the legends of Maui. Mm. Well, you know, they are traditional legends and people should keep talking about them because they're, they're, uh, you know, they'll never go away. They're thousands of years old. I mean, you know, we've just got to keep talking about them. What sort of reception has Boy had overseas? Um, He's had a champagne breakfast. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah, I saw the thing on the last picture show, Al Jazeera. Oh, yeah. Mm. I didn't see it. Was that good? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was. They really enjoyed it. It wasn't long after some audience in America had seen it. They weren't so sure. Which one? I'm not too sure. I can't remember. No, it was probably that one idiot from Variety magazine. Does that bother you, the criticism? Uh, only when they're idiots. I don't mind people who don't like don't like it, but this person was a complete spaz. He was he, th- this guy. I don't How know. do you decide? I don't like to keep going on about it because then it seems like I'm really upset about it. No, no, no. I mean, like, I don't no. mind talking about it. But um, no, this guy just he said that it wasn't culturally specific to Māori, and uh, I don't think he'd ever Does been to New Zealand. Does everything have to be culturally specific to Māori? Well, it doesn't. But also, like, he that it is actually culturally specific to Māori, and it was culturally specific in the 80s, and in some areas it's culturally specific now. And those boys... What he wanted was to see Māori, you know, talking to kehua and, you know, ghost waka riding around and, and lakes and stuff. You know, he wanted the spiritual side. The tangi-tangi movies. That's right. Is that it for New Zealand storytelling so far for you? Oh, no. No, no, I have other projects on the go that are... But the problem is it takes so long to write them, you know. Like, it's easy if you just take other people's scripts and make them, but... I like to write my own scripts, and that's what takes a while. So. Is it made easier when you're getting this kind of credence? No, because you still have to come up with stories. Yeah. I mean, it makes you feel better, but... About what about what you, in about terms of financial doing. backing? Um, a little bit, but you still have to come up with a story. The problem is you've got to come up... You've got to have good stories. So you can have as much financial backing as you want, but if you haven't got a good story, then... It's not going to fly. No, you just your next film's going to be terrible, and... Then you're not going to get any financial backing, and then, you know, it's like backtracking. And whilst at the dinner, Mariah met his mum, Robin. I don't mind how many the houses, there are a lot of them, and um, my husband is very tolerant. He's not Taika's dad, uh, but he's very tolerant of me decking the place with those awards. Some of them, though, are kind of ugly, so... I don't, they're not all on display. I just take the, the artistically pleasing ones. 
Do you get blown away by the kind of attention he gets when he's back in New Zealand? Like, just sitting at the table there, we had a camera, we're all sitting at the same table, and there's a camera, like, right in your face, and the light is shining. And, and I just noticed how you conducted yourself, you and your husband. It was just like, OK, there's a camera over there, we'll just ignore it. I mean, do you get astounded by the kind of attention he gets? Not anymore. I certainly was initially. Um, by the way, my husband's very used to having cameras pointed at him, but I am really camera shy. I don't like it at all. Um, but I get it. I understand it. And I, I quite like the idea that Taika is, uh, you know, people want to know him, people want to put cameras on him. I like that. I think it's great. And um, it doesn't feel, so far, it hasn't felt invasive. I'm just, you know, I'm proud of him. I'm glad that he's being noticed, um, you know. And... Um, and he was always, you know, ever since he was a little boy, people have wanted to know him. So nothing's changed, really. When he was a baby, I'd be on a bus with him, and he was that kind of baby that smiled at people, and next thing somebody would go, can I hold your baby? You know? <laughs> so he has always been a charmer to the public eye. Actually, when he was standing on stage and he's holding his award with all the rest of the alumni, and I was looking at him going, oh, my goodness, I can see the little boy. Yeah, yeah, he's still you can there. See the little boy just, you know, standing there waiting till it's all finished. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. He's explored it in his probably his most recent film, Boy, and to a degree, the thing around identity. He's always very uh, upfront that he's Jewish and Māori. You know, he may look very Māori, but he's always been very upfront about that. I'm guessing you've been witness to incidences where both those things have attractive, negative commentary. That's right, you're quite right. All Taika's life, that kind of thing's been going on. It can be particularly different or difficult for people like Taika, who is Pākehā and Māori. Um, his dad and I always had agreed that um, when Taika was, before he was born, that if... Um, if he came, he arrived looking like a Pākehā, we'd call him after my dad and his, and his, uh, and his Māori uh, grandfather, would, his name would be Sekin. If he arrived uh, as a Māori, then we would reverse it. And he, of course, you know, we know what he looks like, so he's <laughs> Taika David. And, um, and we're pretty happy with that. Over the course of his lifetime, Taika has fielded um, well, things, some things have made me angry, some of the responses, particularly, I'm sad to say, from my fellow Pākehās, who back in the day, you know, before hopefully we got a bit wiser, used to uh, think it was okay to tell um, racist jokes in front of my son and couldn't really understand when I would object and maybe say to me, but, you know, we don't think of Taika as Māori. Uh, and that's because you've got to park our mother. And it's the kind of thinking that we really have to squash in this country. Uh, I found that really hard to deal with. Having a Māori child taught me um, firsthand just how much prejudice still actually exists in this country. I'm sad to say that still alive and well. And what about now that he's a man? Uh, now that Taika's a man and, can, and you know, um, he's his own man and he's well-known, he's successful, um, he deals with anything like that. He deals with it pretty well. Of course, 
he doesn't always tell me about those things, um, but I notice that you know people have still got a lot to say, particularly on the subject of whether Taika chooses to be Māori or Pākehā. For some reason, people for in Taika's position... there's still that corded or that you make a choice. That's right, yes. People in, and he's not the only one, but for some reason Taika, people in his position expected to make some kind of choice. Um, and, uh, you know, there's been a bit of kōrero uh, about now the fact that Taika calls himself Waititi instead of Cohen. It's not instead, it's as well as, actually. Um, but people are quick to criticise... Um, I, I, w- I wouldn't have thought the tall poppy syndrome was a, as big a thing in this country, but it turns out, yeah, some of us, um, you know, really want to, you know, have a go basically at anybody, Māori or Pākehā, who's, who rises up, um, particularly in Taika's case because he's got some stuff to say um, about life and particularly about children and their world and how life seems to them. I guess sometimes people think that that means he's criticising, criticising Māori or criticising Pākehā by calling himself Waititi. It's nonsense. He's not criticising anybody. He's telling stories um, and saying what, in my view, of course I'm his mum, so, you know, in my eyes, he could do no wrong, I guess. That's not really true, but I, I admire his work. Because I think the central messages of his work are that children have their world and that we adults don't necessarily know anything about what's going on there. We might think we do. But, um, and particularly in the movie Boy, I thought the main message of that movie was the unconditional love that you get from your children and how many of us just waste that and don't realise what we've got. I think that was his central message there. And also how we all fantasise about our parents. Uh, that's an important part of growing up. And um, even when we're grown up, we still fantasise about our parents. Having a Māori child taught me um, firsthand just how much prejudice still actually exists in this country. I'm sad to say that it's still alive and well. Some people, and, and people are entitled to their own opinions, but some people have felt that the movie boy was a crit took it as a criticism of Māori because um, the nanny went away and left the children in the house and, you know, and in his other movie the children were left outside the pub in two cars one night. But, of course, I think, I think what other people saw in that movie was the beautiful scene, for example, where nanny wasn't there but that the children were... Picking up the responsibility because that's what you do. Exactly, when and you in live the in kitchen a whanau, scene, in a big in a big farno, everybody age has got nothing to do with it. That's right, and in, and the kitchen scene shows that where they're doing the dishes, everybody's helping, the cooking, and the other thing about that situation is that yes, that went on, but um, but those children never actually alone because the whole farno is all around in different houses. Uncles and aunties are calling in. Um, there are always people nearby. To, to help you if any trouble occurs. So actually, it's never isolated. That's right. And I guess for those of us who are familiar with that way of life, you know that. I would like to say that that says, really says something about the establishment, and in this case, Victoria University, that they would honour somebody like Taika because 
he's a little younger than, than the other people who tend to be awarded in the alumni By ceremony. about 25 years. <laughs> That's right, but doesn't that, doesn't that show a softening of attitude and, um, you know, just a, just a bigger appreciation of the range of talent that comes out of Victoria? So I'm, I'm impressed, actually, that, that, he was, that he got this award. You know, Robin, I could see you laughing at his speech. I was going, gee, even mum finds him funny. Oh, yeah, he's funny. <laughs> yes, and I you find grew him up with that around you. <laughs> I did, yes. <laughs> so he's just been himself. Yes, he is being himself. He's always been like that. So he's been a very funny boy and, um, and always had a lot of confidence. He believes in himself. The people in there tonight were talking about that. Talking about, you know, how success depends on your attitude and your belief in yourself. Well, I don't know why, but Taika was always somebody who really did believe in himself. His upbringing has contributed to that, Robin. This, that's right. His, the range of his upbringing has contributed to that. Um, I think we made a good decision when we... Well, Taika was like, you know, a human tennis ball backwards and forwards. But I think... It was probably quite hard for him in some respects, but I think at the end of the day it was the right... When we see him now, we think so you're it was the right decision. So you're talking back and forth between Wellington between and Raiho Kore. And, and, yeah, and Wellington. Waiho Bay. Yeah. yeah. And um, I missed him. And, well, me and his dad both suffered when, he, when it was the other one's turn. We suffered a lot. But uh, there was the only real... There was the only choice, the, only, the best choice available to us. So, that, you know, we lived with it. You know, and Taika spent a lot of time on aeroplanes. <laughs> aeroplanes, go get home. Not the old bus, the bus well, trips. It's hard up to over get. You have to go to. You have yeah. to fly to Fakatani, <laughs> then you've got to get a bus. So you can take a long time to get up there because it's right up on the coast, and really one of the most beautiful areas of of New Zealand. And you can see that in the film, Boy. Of course, it's a showcase for that area. It is. Kia ora, Robin. Thank you. Kia ora, thanks. Kia ora, Robin Cohen and Taika Waititi. Part of the makeup of Te Ahika involves profiling marae around the country. Now, that can be made more difficult as many of the kaitiaki, guardians of the marae, hold down full-time jobs as well. So, it does require a bit of organising and, of course, timing. We're down to the wire of finally finishing off a few marae in Te Waipaunamu. Justine travelled to Te Tauihu o Te Wakao Maui, that's the tip of the South Island, to Takaka Hill, which was a bit of a mission, and found Pōhara, the name of the community in which Onetahua marae is found. Ngā marae o te motu. Um, ko Whakapuna ki te maunga, ko te wairoa, ho pupu, ho nenengengi, matangi raita awa, ko Whakirangi te marae, ko Takitimu te waka, ko Kahununu te iwi, ko Kurupakiaka te hapu, ko Glenn Rogers takuingoa. Ko Parapara te maunga, ko Parawhaka oho te awa, ko Tokumaru te waka, ko Tiatiawa Minati Tamana iwi, Ko Onitahua Te Marae, ko Laurelie Daftakawingoa. Kia ora, Laurelie and Glenn, for joining me this morning. Whereabouts is Onitahua Marae? Um, Onitahua Marae is in the Pohara Valley in Golden Bay in Mohua. And um, Mohua is the, uh, the original name for Golden Bay. And Mohua refers to the little yellow 
headed bird oh. that was here in the in, in the bay. So that's how it got the name Mohua. And I think there's probably only a few none here, but Gisborne perhaps and Dancia. Yeah. So Mohua. Well, but they're not extinct. Or oh, I mean, you know, they're they very yeah, yeah, yeah. They are extinct in Golden Bay, but originally there were heaps of them here, so oh. hence the name Mohua. And here's me thinking it was the golden sands of the beach. Yeah, no, no, it was definitely after the bird. So, ladies, we are standing at the uh, Tomokanga, or the entranceway, uh-huh. really. Uh-huh. And you are one of the clay karanga here. Aye. And so, what happens when Manuhiri come? Do they just uh, is it? Do they stand here and then you karanga and then they slowly walk up the stairs yes. in front of us, don't they? Yes, yes they do. Yeah, Our, our marae onitahu is a little bit um, unique. One, because you're actually having to go upstairs and then turn to the left to get it into the whaditupuna to be welcomed on. But yes. yes. And how long have you been one of the, the, the kai karanga of this marae? Um, I got... Um, it's bulldozed the word, I'm not too sure... <laughs> nicely asked <laughs> with my arm up my back um, to do it probably oh gee probably about 10 12 years ago something like that maybe yeah yes when um, although the marae was started by Mata Waka being mana whenua of Golden Bay um, was sort of firmly told that this was our place and this was my place to be Mm. To be starting to do this, so yeah. Okay, yeah. kia ora. Okay, ladies, we'll, we'll make our way towards the, uh, towards the. Well, it does have a, a maho, but it's. But when you walk inside and you turn to the left, that's the, the whare tupuna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so the name where I can read is Te Marama. Yeah. Like up here, we have our tiko tiko, Ranginui and Papa Tuanuku. Below that, the Koruru is Te Marama. So the name Te Aumarama came about as um, a new way forward, you know, the world of the light. Yep. So this was how our whare got its name, Te Aumarama. Te Aumarama. Yep. And um, do you know much information about who who did the carvings, uh, Glyn? Um, jo- Laurel would know. Oh, John, John Mutu, he, was a, oh, he is a master carver at Te Whina Marae Motueka. He did all the carvings, apart from our main po, the big po and the whare tūpuna. He became sick partway through doing them and so couldn't get that one done. But um, all of them were done by, by John Mutu. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Hi. And yeah. Tim Wright was yes. the other yes, carver. He's the other, he's the other carver. Yeah. Yeah. Who's well known yeah. for his... Yeah, he was actually one of, one of John Mutu's students. He's a Pākehā yeah. gentleman from Motueka. Mm. Yeah. And so, if we move in towards the uh, towards the maho here, we have uh, signs on the on the wall. Maumaharatanga, could you please read that, uh, Glenn? Okay, so the Maumaharatanga, Tui Martin, nineteen forty seven to two thousand and five. He tohu Maumaharatanga tene kia tui motona moimoya kaha kia tui tene marae monga tangata katoa ahakoa kowai e kore kue e wariwaritia. So it was um, Tui's dream back in the early 80s. Tui, at that stage, thought he was Mata Waka and went around and spoke to people and felt that um, as Mata Waka, it would be really good for us to have a marae, somewhere where we could gather 
together. Which is a similar story with other marae in, yeah. in this area. Yeah, yeah. And so hence began the journey. So he um, spoke his dream to a woman, a Ngāpuhi woman called Violet Goodall and said, you know, I've got this dream. Are you behind me? Are you in or out? So <laughs> there the journey started. Mm. So the two of them were pretty much instrumental in setting up Absolutely. this marae. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely so. were, yeah. 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 Now to our right we've got, um, it looks like maybe a, a garage or a shed of some sort and then a whare there. This is just in a residential kind of street? Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean this was the original Tarakohi school. So right beside it we've got the... Um, you know, it's typical education, board property, school, the principal's house or teacher's house next door and garage. So this is how MRI started. We looked for a building. This building came up. You know, the school had been closed for a few years. So um, hence the um, started Onitaho Marae and the Kohanga Reo, Te Waikorupupu Kohanga Reo who at that stage was being run in the basement of a garage, you know, that came to be next door as well. So we're standing in a a small area. Um, We've just come sort of walk through the part of the marae, and this this must be handy when it's raining, eh, so everyone can put their shoes in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's kind of the transition between the whariati and into the... um, into the Fari Kai, plus we also have access out to the ablution block. Yes, so we're going to um, just take a bit of a walk around here at uh, Ono Tahua Marae. I'm with Glyn and Lauralee. So we can come this way. Oh my gosh, there's a pool. We have our own swimming pool. Wow, of course wow. it was a school. Yeah. <laughs> and this gets used by... Um, a lot of the kids that, that live here in the valley. Wow. Uh, we have our own local plumber who lives two or three doors away, and he and another gentleman um, do the looking after of the pool and the, the cleaning and the chemicals, the whole nine yards. So, so when it gets warmer, obviously, you know, you oh, get yes. in there and bust out, you know, get out the leaves. and. Uh, yeah, they do all of that. We don't have to do any of it. They do the, um, you know, collecting the money for the keys, the whole nine yards. Wow. And at the end of the... The swimming season, they just give us a, a check or, or you know the amount of money that they've actually collected over the year. So during the summer, summer, a lot of kids must oh, come. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yes, lots of kids, lots of kids. You know, from there's quite a few kids actually live in this valley now, of parents that are here. Yeah, and of course school classes that, that come here, school groups that come to the marae to stay use it a lot as well. Pohara seems to be quite a um, beach going type of yeah. Area. Then we've got beaches, caravan parks, holiday yes. homes that I passed on the way to get here. So yeah. this will be really attractive during yes. the summer. Oh, yes, it is. It's really, really great. Really great. And Manuhiri, you know, uh, yes. just blown away. It's not many marae that have their yeah. own yeah. pool. So, I like yeah. telling them, you know, that we have a real pool, <laughs> a proper one. Mm. Here in Mohua, uh, Manuhiri, Manufenua of Mohua are three iwi, Te Atiawa, Ngāti Utama and Ngāti Rārua. And we have a, um, the, we call our, our group Manufenua Ki Mohua. And over here is our office for uh, Manufenua and we meet once a month. In there. And a lot of the work that we do, a lot of different work to do with um, archaeology, 
sites, um, site inspections. A lot of different groups come to see us to talk about different things that they perhaps want to do in the bay or would like to do or, or whatever. Yeah, so very busy. So this is where all the men hang out? Yep. Well, yeah. We all have <laughs> Yep. Um, yep, we do a lot of... Um, we have a copper out here, which we use to... Um, Steam cockles or uh, cookie uh, um, steam puddings in. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we've got an old copper there which, which works great. It does. Yeah. Yes. Glenn, you talked about, um, you know, this is the area where they shell kaimwana. You know, what kinds of kaimwana are, are available in the area? Uh, um, cockles. Cockles, you just walk down the beach, you can collect cockles all the time. Mussels, you know, there are a couple of um, commercial. Mm. Operations running here, you know, muscle farms, and um, we actually have some investments and mm. some muscle yeah, lines yeah. to yeah. create some income for the for the marae, and be interesting to see when that happens because yeah. <laughs> it hasn't Not got off yet. to Not racy yet. start. But no. if we have a big hui on, you know, we just contact some of the local of course, guys that yeah. are running mm. the. Can you get us some mussels in, and they come? What about meat? Um, like beef, lamb, pork? Um, like, the, again, we have a really supportive community. Mm. You know, mm. recently, like I said last year, our, um, one of our queer um, whātearoha died, and so we were inundated with, mm. you know, this area mm. is a huge area for pig hunting and deer mm. hunting. Mm. So of course. I said to you before, we never go hungry here. Yeah. There's always plenty of kaimwana, fish, plentiful fish in the sea, scallops, you mm. know, yeah, we're mm. really lucky, scallops, power, yeah. Kāpai. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll head into the wharekai. Is it, what's the name of the wharekai? Wharemātika. Whare Whare <laughs> yes. This building was given to us by NZED. Yeah. Um, the man that it's named after, um, Pat Martika, was killed in an accident up the Cobb Valley um, when he was working for the NZED back in 1990. Yeah. And so the NZED actually gave us this building. It didn't look like this, but it was for our fuddy, and that's why it's named after him. And Pat's wife... Nancy works here. She's one of our mainstays here in the kitchen and, and uffies us um, really wonderfully well. Um, yes, and, and NZED, while it was still the NZED for a lot of years, each year would have would give us a nice check. Um, but since it's been taken over <laughs> by all the various different companies, it doesn't happen anymore, but it was the starting for our, for our wharikai, which is really, really, really great. Again, Pat um, Matika was Matawaka, mm. and so Pat's tangi was the first tangi to happen here mm. at our marae. And um, the New Zealand Electricity Department were really impressed on, uh, you know, with the, all the support mm. that went around Pat's whānau and the tangi being held here. So they, when when the um, whole cob was was I guess downsizing when they, they decided that they would like to call her. Sorry, what's cob again? Oh, okay, so that's cob powerhouse. So that oh. was the New Zealand Electricity Department. Mm. They still have a powerhouse up there. But they used to have lots of houses mm. and buildings. Mm. When they downsized they decided they'd like to donate 
some stuff here to Onitahu Amarai. So, yeah. So, Glenn, we're in Te Ao Marama right now. Um, and here is Te Ao Marama, yep, and our um, Whare Tūpuna. The first thing I see is a lot of colour. Yeah, it's quite a contemporary marae, really. An old building, but some beautiful, beautiful artworks that... Um, beautiful. Yeah, have been created by by the community, really. And we, we've been really fortunate um, in the people that have helped us create this. So we have an incredible man called Robin Slow, who is the art teacher at um, Golden Bay High School, who is responsible for designing a lot of the, mm. the you know, a lot of the cool fi-fi patterns, um, these mural up here. Yeah. I love the way it's almost like a 3D effect, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, um, is it made out of polystyrene? Right. It's actually um, chipboard, the most wonderful stuff to carve with. It's soft and it's lots of fun and very, very addicting to do it. The two, this one here and the one at the far end were done by Farno from Christchurch, but all of the rest were done next door at the Kōkiri. Um, People used to, you know, there was an ad went in the local paper and people arrived, bring your share lunch. <laughs> and we had everything from the fattiest foods to the most vegan food. It was wonderful. Weekend after weekend, people came to help do the painting and the carving and the bits of the tukutuku panelling. So this one in front of me, um, Laurelie, is like, is a, is, it's got a blue background. It almost reminds me of a, of a cloud. It's actually supposed to be the waves. It, it's representing... Oh, waves. The um, the fish life, like whales and the likes that used to be in the bay. This side of the of the po is uh, represents the past and the different fish and birds and insects and everything that used to be here in the past. And then you had Mum with her feet firmly in the ground mm. and Dad, and our Tonga at the top, mm. our treasure, our children. An I and I. Glenn, when these are uh, tangihanga, what's the kawa? What where does the where is the, the tupapaku? Okay, so depending on who the tupapaku are, so they will be. We have three different po down the other end here, so and they represent different iwi. So we could wander off down yeah. and so yeah. When there's a when when there's a tangihanga, mm. um, the yep. tupapaku are bought in, and depending on where they're from. Um, will decide which po they'll lay under. Oh, okay. Yeah. And who makes that decision? The local komatsu? Um uh, No, we, we know. Like for instance, if it's ma the, the right hand po is uh, Nati Rarua, and the middle po is Tiatiawa, Nati Tama, and this po here is uh, Matawaka po. In fact, if you know, if if you look close, if you know the style of your iwi carving you'll find that each one of the figures is a diff it's carved differently. So Matawaka could be a person from anywhere in Aotearoa? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Anywhere in So in I know, for yeah. me, that yeah. like when we had my mother's um, uh, hura kohatsu, you know, we bought her yeah. photos and that, and, and they lay under the Matawaka po. Yeah. A kuia last year, um, whaiati aroha, you know, her two papakulae and uh, the Mata Waka yep, Pai. Yep. So, and, and 
we have great pleasure in telling our manuhiri that mm. come in here, you know, this, this is, is your pai. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. if you're not from here, you're not Tiatiawa Natitama, Natirarua, he's your pai here. And if you're Pakeha too. And that the the Kofaifai design beside it is depicting the clematis plant or clematis, depending on where you're educated. <laughs> and it puts its roots down in one place and it grows like a vine through the trees and it will flower somewhere else. So although your roots may be here, you're flowering here in, in Mohua at the moment. So that's your po. And it's, you know, it's quite buzzy to actually say to, especially if we have a predominantly Pākehā group here, and be able to say to them, this is your po, this is your marae. Mm. And it's pretty special for them, you know, mm. to know that they are being included as well as, as Māori people. And it's so, yeah. So where we're standing in now, the, the Whare Tupuna, was this part of the school, this building? Uh, this is the only part that was part of the school. And as Glenn said, there was a double door here to your left. Mm -hmm. And in this corner was, I think it was the tea room, mm. and the other corner was the principal's office right. and storeroom. And there was a wall down here with the windows up the top and the, the coat hooks for the kids' coats. There was a doorway there where the main poe is, mm -hmm. and the other door was down in this corner, and this part was split into two rooms both with a potbelly stove in each room. So when I first came in here, which was for Pat Matika's tangi, the wall had been knocked out between the two rooms and this wall, and we had to have, what was it, two or three big posts <coughs> to keep the roof up, because the roof sagged. No. There was no carpet so on the floor, so and the, the wallpaper wall and, and everything. It was pretty huckery, really. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the, the wider in this place was just so warm. So, so warm. And the it roof is gorgeous because it's that oh, yeah. natural wood. Well, this is, this is actually um, redwoods, and it came from two redwood trees that we had up by the swimming pool, and they were chopped down and milled, and the timber around the sides and the, the roof here and in the whariiti are from those two trees. So, yeah. The, the other timber, uh, apart from the main po, the other timber came from Matawaya, right up the top of the North Island, um, there had been a group from Natihina had been down here some years beforehand and they said that they would kuha all the timber for us if we came up to get it. So oh, 19, in the 1990s, there was about 40 of us from Takaka, Motueka, Nelson, Picton, went up there and um, yeah, they gave us the, the, all the timber. Um, volcanic rock for our hangi and Solly's freight freighted it all the way down from up there for free wow. right here and the centre pole they ran out of timber and the centre pole is Cody and it came from down Bruce Bay down the west coast so, um, and that is the one that was done by Tim Rach you can see the style of carving is different and this is when there was that one to be done when John Mutu became sick. And so Tim Rape went to John Ward Holmes' batch um, and it should have taken a few months to do and it was something like about six weeks to carve all of that. And it's so heavy the day that all of the 
carvings and everything and were porphyried onto the marae, it took 20 men to carry that in. So I thought it was going to kill them. Can you remember that day, Glenn? Yeah. It was really interesting because right. everything in here was measured, mm. you know, so everything exactly. was going to fit in. They bought it in and it wouldn't fit because they hadn't, they'd forgotten about the carpet. So if you, if you look around that pole, you can see that the carpet's been cut out. So, right. Um, yeah, to yeah. lift a huge, massive pole like that. I mean, it is really important to get your measurements exactly right. Um, but it sits there now, and, it, and it's beautiful. And those, you know, the windows on... on around there, you know, they depict Maunga Taranaki mm. and, um, and, and you look out there and you look towards Taranaki. Ngā marae o te motu. Kia ora, Glenn Rogers and Laura Lee Duff of Wanetahua Marae in Pōhara, Golden Bay. There's a much longer version of their kōrero. It's available right now. It's at our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. And you'll find some pictures of the marae too. I'm Justine Murray. I'm Maraya Rakraku, and yep, this is Te Ahika. Anaida, I'm Miriana Pittman with this week's Fagatoki. Which means the leaders at the front and the workers from behind. Probably what that means to me is that. Um, it's about unity, really, and it's about people working together. If the front doesn't work properly um, and doesn't rely on the back, then nothing really gets done. And if the people at the back aren't being led by anybody, then, again, nothing gets done and for the greater good. Um, yeah, so that's what that kind of means to me. Yeah, My name is Mariana Pittman. I'm Ngāti Kahununu, and um, currently we live in Teradale. Kia ora, Mariana. That's Te Ahika for another week. Next week, Justine's at Whakatū Marae in Nelson with Chairperson of the Marae Committee, Jane Defu. And what exactly is a koha cafe? I find out. He mihi tēnei ki nga kai mahi rā wiki wiki mihini, kei runga noa atu o mahi. Mai te whānau a Te Ahika, kia tātou katoa. Mauri ora tātou katoa.